I guess just one strategy that I always do is I read the one star testimonials of all the competitor products to know what people don't want or don't like. And then I read all the five star for our clients products. And I know that's not fair. I need to believe it myself. So that just helps me know that my offer is the best. So when I'm writing that subconscious comes through that I know that these other products have a lot of problems and we solve those. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Customer Acquisition Show. I am your host, Tom Meredith, the VP of Marketing here at Tier 11. Today, I'm joined by two of our amazing copywriters, Lynn and Amy. Thank you for joining us. And our topic today is... It might seem like pretty narrow in its scope, but it is pretty essential and broad in how you use it. And that is leveraging customer testimonials and customer reviews. So Lynn and Amy, welcome. How are you guys doing today? Excited. Happy to be here. Do you guys have strong feelings about customer testimonials and their importance? Yeah. As a copywriter, yes, but especially as a buyer too. It's something I use on a daily basis and... Yeah. So as a consumer and as a writer, it's how we shop these days. Thinking through in that lens, what's the psychology there for you? And why, as just especially as a consumer, like what's the psychology of a customer testimonial? The lack of trust in institutions. So I don't want to hear it from the actual company that they're great. I want to know what people like me say. We're all used to marketing and marketing speak and everyone's been burned once. There's that and people are on top of that, there's skepticism, right? So people may trust a particular brand or even a product, but they may not trust themselves. So they may know, oh, well, it worked for that other person, but it might not work for me. So psychologically having a variety of testimonials that which someone can look at and go, oh, that person is just like me or worse and it helped them, it'll help me. And so there's a bit of this, not just mistrust of brands or institutions, but mistrust of them. Maybe it's mistrust of the product, but also mistrust of themselves and what's possible. That's a interesting perspective of like, no, just like, cause you have to speculate if it was a, as a consumer, like if this product is actually going to serve your need, like the company says and getting into the reviews, you still have this, at least me, I have this like level of, are they a real review? Mm-hmm. Is it a paid review? But I guess we're kind of getting a little into the, nitty gritty here. Yeah. I think one of the key themes lately for us has been like the customer experience. And I think this plays a key part in that customer experience of if you do so much stuff that we've talked about recently of getting your landing page optimized and really a good customer or user experience, there's this like psychological layer that I think testimonials play a key part in helping somebody make a decision while on your landing page. So, and I, I know you were talking a little bit earlier before we hopped on about some of the things that we've learned in uh, conversion architecture with customer testimonials. Yeah. And this is no brainer. Generally, the more, the better, except maybe on opt-in pages, those you have to be, it can get a little tricky, but otherwise testimonials, the more social proof and proof in general above the fold, And this is true for both info products and e-commerce. With e-commerce cart pages, we want to see video testimonials in the product images. We want to see at least a testimonial at the bottom of the above the fold, right? So the above the fold is that first scroll. We want to see testimonials on the cart pages. We just, we want to see them the whole way through from ad all the way to after they purchase. For info products and like courses, membership sites, webinars, 
services, high ticket stuff, the same thing. And ideally, yeah, above the fold, (laughs) as high above the fold as possible. And then all the way down, you you don't want to just have them once. So we might feature a small written testimonial up top. And then further down as, as they scroll, we might feature a story, a video and a, and a, a testimonial to- told as a story. And then further down, we might have a series of three to five videos. And even further, we might have a wall of written testimonials, just hitting every modality. I don't want to, I think I would go so far as to say very few brands have too much proof. I'm not sure that's possible. It may be at certain points, but yeah. So these are some things that we knew, but we've really learned the more we test in conversion architecture. Yeah. I'd say m- maybe there's diminishing returns, but there's never enough. There's always, <laughs> it's always better to have too many. <laughs> yeah. And Amy, like putting your copywriter hat on, like how do you think about testimonials within ads and like how broad of a testimonial do you use? Do you try to get like really narrow on like a specific pain point and problem that the testimonial answers, or do you try to get like a full customer story as part of that testimonial? In social media ads, I try to just pick out one component. So I might not even use the entire testimonial a lot of times. I'll just pick out that one thing. And I know Rachel always calls it a love sandwich. And I just love that where you can just choose a little snippet of the testimonial and then explain why that's important. And then you have the testimonial to back it up and then more relevance, what makes that important. And yeah, just breaking it up into smaller bite-sized pieces works in social and just having a variety of maybe the full video sometimes, like Lynn said, stories are so powerful. So featuring people's entire, this was me before, this was how terrible it was, and then this happened, and then I made this choice because, and just having that framework to, to display the whole journey that people can just watch in a one minute video is helpful. Yeah. yeah. And and it, yeah going back to the, the love sandwich aspect, that's, and we like to come up with like funny names for a lot of the creatives we do. And I, I know there are two testimonial specific ones. One is a love sandwich, which if you are thinking in terms of as a video editor, you start with a customer testimonial, then you show a demonstration of your product, ideally demonstrating how they would have their problem solved and then you show another customer testimonial and then you're a CTA. So that's your love sandwich. The other one that I like to use is the textimonial. So it's basically a simple quote on top of a gra- uh, either an image or a colorful background with the testimonial. What else was I going to ask there? So you talked a bit about the, like, t- showing their full customer journey. Like, I think how we th- think about testimonials is interesting where it falls on this whole like going back to Eugene Schwartz's levels of awareness, like the more that you can have all that contained within a testimonial from unawareness through whether that exists or not is another question, but through problem aware, solution aware, you know, all the way through like actually being the most aware and taking the action as you can build into your customer's voice. And the best way I think to get your customer's voice is through these testimonials. I'm, How do you guys go about getting these testimonials? It's different for e-commerce versus service-based businesses. For a service-based info marketing type business or professional services, the best is actually contacting your client, building it into your process and getting them on a Zoom call. I have 10 to 15 questions I like to ask because you, if you just give them a form or say, hey, give me a testimonial, they, it'll be like, yeah, I really liked so and they were great, but that doesn't tell a story. That doesn't tell what they were thinking about before, how they struggled, why they chose you. 
how they felt as they were going through the process with you and the results after. So getting them on a Zoom and just ask, getting them to talk, like talk, record it and asking those questions is the best. And then you can formulate it into a longer case study, shorter testimonials. You can get one sentence snippets. That's the best if you can get it. The other alternative would be to write a testimonial for your client and then get their approval. Hey, so you write it the way you want it and get their approval. For e-commerce, there's so many tools for review gathering and yeah, asking people for reviews. I know at least on our side, it's often hard to get on calls with our clients' customers. and But I think that is the most powerful way. And a couple of weeks ago, Daniel and I were talking about interviewing techniques. And I think that's pretty important here when you are trying to elicit these videos from customers. Just keep asking questions. And I think Daniel has this idea of having these long pauses and letting people just feel uncomfortable, the tension build and let them answer in a way that is super authentic and quickly breaks through their barriers. Because people will filter. They'll filter when they write and they'll filter when they speak. So it is important to get the really good voice of the customer language. I think this is Anthony asking a question again, if I remember correctly from last week. He asked, how much time do you spend gathering testimonials from calls, Zoom, et cetera? That's a good question. If it's for our clients, that really depends on the our clients and their customers. Some have that process built in. And for others, it's more of a, hey, let's schedule something and get it, get a process going. And how they collect the the testimonials determines it too, because if I have to watch a bunch of videos, obviously that is very time consuming versus just reading Amazon reviews or something quick. I screen and be like, oh, this is, this one is, has meat in it. And this one I can skim over. But if I have to watch through a video, then that takes, can be hours if they have a lot of videos and because then I have to write notes just to remember, okay, this was a key point. Go back to this one. 45 seconds to 60 seconds, make sure to snip that. And... Yeah, I think for our clients, we don't always, very often actually get on calls with their customers. We will often support them in getting them questions to ask and help them up with tools for gathering like video testimonials. But it's, a, it's something we strongly believe that you have to be talking to your customers, ideally yeah. on Zoom or some sort of call where you can have these real conversations because not only do you get testimonials from it, but it really helps you improve your product, learn what their experience was with your sales flow. Um, And then, yeah, something we, so I'm more on the marketing side for chair 11. Like, and I've gotten on quite a few calls with our customers and I'll usually set aside like 45 minutes to an hour. Cause I know in, in that time frame, I can pretty much get through a lot of the shallow answers of their customer experience with us and get pretty deep into like the real problems, like what they're trying to solve and not what they think I want to hear. So I'd say as much as you can try to set aside a pretty good chunk of time. And it's essential to use UX too. To your point from earlier, Tom, we're incorporating a lot more UX and UX methodologies in general in, you know, how we approach conversion architecture, how we approach basically everything, just because it's good practice. And part of good UX is surveying your customers, surveying your end users, if you will, or your clients. Because no matter how much we try to put ourselves in our clients or customers' shoes, and we may do a very good job, there's always going to be at least 10% where we will never get to being a cold audience. We will never get to being somebody 
who doesn't know anything. There are always going to be questions, misconceptions, confusion that only someone who has gone through the process that's not you will be able to point out. And not just for testimonials, but also for improving your website flow and your products and the whole journey. It's valuable. I think taking these long testimonials and breaking them down or identifying key points is an ideal use for AI. You don't have to worry about it hallucinating too much. Um, yeah, something that we did last week, Lynn, was we took some of our video test tier 11 and put that into chat GPT and had it write like a full thousand, thousand word written testimonial from it. There's a lot, so much you can build off of when you have testimonials. I think that's like the key point. Is like, video. Yeah. And I think that's the key to this whole call is you need your testimonials. You need to use them. Get creative how you use them, whether it's a love sandwich or a testimonial or turning video testimonials into long written blog posts or press releases. Right. Studies. Or we have a client where they had a bunch of testimonials and we did a carousel ad and social posts. It's basically the same concept, right? So we had, because they had so many. So we had one ad that was on a theme, like one of our creative pillars. So it was like, give us 10 testimonials that you have short snippets with talking about having more time for family. Bam. That's an ad that we tested. Another one is, let's talk about the financial rewards of going through this program. Bam, that's another carousel. Then we had others that were like mixes, right? So show us all of them. And we could have these really interesting tests to see what, and then each of them also were like individual ads with image and like you said, Tom, the text and the, yeah, all the branding. And it was interesting to see what worked, what didn't if there were trends in topic or trends in specific testimonial givers that made a difference, there's so much you can do. Yeah. And it's really the voice of the customer. As much as we think that we are the ones selling something, the more you can use your customer's own voice in your own, in your copy, you're going to help you sell your product or get more opt-ins. And if we think through like Rachel has this quote, all the time. I think I'm going to butcher it. Your brand isn't what you are saying to the world. Your brand is what people say about you when you're not around. And the more you can get what people are saying about you into your brand, the more your brand is aligned with your customer and the easier the process is for some to become part of your brand who are like your current customers. Mm -hmm. It goes back to trust. If you've actually been in business for as long as you say you have, if your product is as good as you say it is, you will naturally have other people sharing their success or sharing how much they love it. So it becomes this kind of implicit, inherent, do I have words? Trust factor because subconsciously everybody knows this. It's It costs nothing for somebody to open up a shop and say, hey, we have the best whatever and put on fancy labels. Like we're in an era where that stuff is completely accessible. But what can't be manufactured, well, can, but it, you always get caught and the FTC always slaps you and it always comes out in the end. But, you know, what generally can't be manufactured on a dime is testimonials, customer feedback, that user-generated content. And so it, on its face, I think that's why it works so well in today's, today's era. Whereas it used to be Mad Men times, people would say, it's the best. And, and people would be like, yeah, okay, sure, it's the best. I'm going to clip my coupon and send it in and get the best because right. some admin said it was the best. We're so beyond that. Which well, is the maturity of the markets that we're in now and the maturity of the public. Like, the more mature, the more specific, 
the more trust you have to build. Um, how about negative testimonials? You guys use negative testimonials at all? Ooh. Like the one with the coffee shop? That's this That's is the, this is like what experience what you know when Yelp reviewer called the worst coffee of her life or something. <laughs> yeah, so in our in one of our fun channels at work, Simon put I think it was Simon posted a, an image of a coffee shop who on the billboard outside said, "Come experience the worst coffee that some Yelp reviewer um, ever had in her whole life." But it's curiosity. You think about curiosity is one of the most powerful human emotions. That's why we all have our YouTube, the YouTube videos, because it's curiosity. We all want, what is that? What secret do you have? So, you don't know. I don't know if we use it often, but it's fun when you can. I think in that instance, there's a curiosity aspect, but I think it's a little bit deeper. You know, I don't want to be in the same group as this Karen. So this, I got to make sure that I like this coffee. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Amy, I, you have the most unique experience here with testimonials and that is with nonprofits. Walk us a little, a little bit through some of your experiences using testimonials with a nonprofit. I think what we are starting with was mostly the testimonials from the beneficiary. So the person that was receiving the outcome, the gift, was our primary testimonial. We were featuring all these great before and after and the results. And then we were like, well, you really do get a lot out of being a donor. So let's get some donor testimonials. And a lot of times it was just a photo of a person who gave and then saying how meaningful that experience was for them. And that was really a hit. And we were able to then in the comments, because we were seeing, oh, people love to comment. Oh, I've been giving to this charity for years and it's so much mm -hmm. fun to see the results. So those testimonials were already in the comments. So we just started using them as the star because they really are the ones that are making a difference in these children's lives. So we should celebrate them. And that's who you're trying to reach really, right? Is more donors. But it has to be a mix, too. So we do have the donors and we have the recipients. We have the parents. We have doctors, industry experts. So there's all kinds of layers that we've found that we can use testimonials from a variety of angles to reach more people that may be analytical or more emotional. But when it comes to charity, there's a lot of different reasons people give. So just coming from all angles and going to the level that will speak to different people helps us scale. That was a great point that comments can be a great source of testimonials too. We've in some accounts, we've used just pictures of comments branded nicely, but just screen grabs. I remember one back in the day where I animated the a comment conversation using stuff straight pulled straight from the comments of a Facebook ad. But I think you're, you had a really good point there, Amy. You talked about something that we it's broader than just for a nonprofit, and that is knowing the different motivations of your different customers, right? Some people are donating for the feeling of giving. Some are donating to make somebody's life a little bit better. And I think that's really important to hit with mm -hmm. testimonials is all the whys, why people might become customers of the brand. And testimonials are a great place to figure that out. I love just taking snippets of the testimonial and putting it in a spreadsheet and like organizing, okay, all of this column is for this reason why they donated. Everything in this column is for a totally different reason. Then I come up with eight different reasons that people are donating. 
And then I have a whole mashup of testimonials. I can use those in a video, just mashing up like, oh, all these people are saying this about donating. So then the person who resonates with that reason why will see, oh yeah, everybody (laughs) gives for this reason instead of just doing a mix and match that might not speak to everybody. Yeah. In your instance there, there's quite a few different angles. So you talked about the donors, right? They're getting testimonials from them. And then the recipients of the, I think it's a medical procedure. And then there's the parents of the kids who are the recipients. But then there's also like the workers, like the doctors, right? Do we have any testimonials from them that we've utilized? We do. Yeah. Just hearing it from a doctor so that you have that authority figure and then they're saying this makes a big difference and kind of builds that trust that, hey, experts say it, and this is the boots on the ground, the front lines are in there seeing the results. And so then it just builds that belief that it really does matter and make a difference. Yeah, I I think that really builds one of the trust factors that is probably pretty essential for a charity is that your money is going to people to do the thing that you want and not to a bunch of administrative overhead. Exactly. Which is a fear. And the more we can address objections in testimonials, I like to look for objections, like different frames of mind that someone might be sitting in as they're evaluating the product or service. Because there isn't just one, even if it's the same avatar. Someone can have the same demographics, be in the same situation, and have completely different psychographics, be in a completely different psychological frame of mind with different objections and different desires. So yeah, it, it if you can reframe the same testimonial in a different way, and often you can just by thinking about it, pulling it out or asking better questions, you can use the same source for multiple purposes and multiple tests or multiple steps. In a and panel. objections is a good one too. You had mentioned objections and it's nice because people have an excuse why they can't donate or can't buy. And then you throw a little kid that, stood on a street corner and sang to get money is like, okay, you can make it happen. Just to think, oh, how can I use um, these to overcome a block? And using it, even more broadly, using objections as guiding your questions when you're interviewing or sending out requests for testimonials is a great way for you to make sure that you're getting testimonials that are going to be driving future customers reducing any sort of resistance they have to your product or service. Absolutely. So talking about getting into services, like how do we need, how are testimonials different for services or service clients? So often less product based, obviously. So if you're, it's going to be very different if you're selling self tanner versus a mastermind program that's six months and costs $20,000 and has 15 touch points and it's so there's that. So it's going to be more preconceptions. What, what kind of problem they're trying to solve. It's going to be more about the story. They're often longer. If they are short, it's I made such and such money with this or I did a, we did a mindset coach once and it was like before I was completely stuck. And after I can now go on stage without vomiting, it's, it can be short, but there's still, more story as opposed to this looks great. I love it. It's so convenient. Yeah, there's just more emotion and more story in service-based testimonials. On the other hand, they lend themselves well to case studies. They lend themselves well to a lot of longer form content, whereas product 
product testimonials may not, especially in like health, beauty, hoodies, fashion, accessory. <laughs> There's not a lot. There's only so much you can do with that. You're doing more situational type. I have a scrunchie and it's like silk and it's perfect. And I, I, you know, had it in my pocket and I used it here and it saved the day. Like that's about as far as you, I don't know, scrunchie, that's about as far as you can go. Whereas with service, we can, there's so much we can pull out. We even have one customer that interviews their clients as a podcast. So they do an hour long interview that is just talking about how hard their life was before and how great it is (laughs) now and all those pain points. It's, Perfect understanding customers because it is their customer and, and explaining that's content their content that other people can't steal. So if you think about stories, right? So one type of story that you use in marketing is your customer stories, your client stories, and your competitors can rip off a lot from you. They can take your design, they can take your funnel, they can name their product something similar, but they can't take your customer stories. And so the more you have of them, especially like on video, like Amy, like that interview is perfect. The more you have of those, the less your competitors are going to be able to, they can't steal those, right? So that's, even if just for that purpose, you have to get these, you have to get these, you have to get testimonials and ideally more than so-and-so is great in a written text that anybody could generate. It's like a it helps put that moat around your current customers too, because once they give you a testimonial, they're yours. They're like, oh no, I'm this person's <laughs> fan. Oh, so yeah. I'm not going to go and buy something else um, because I told the whole world that this was the best. And so now I'm, this is what That's I buy. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, reminds me of old Simpsons episode where Homer's climbing the mountain and he was sponsored by a power bar brand. And then he, they said he switched brands halfway up the mountain. He didn't make it. But that's a, maybe a reverse testimonial idea, too, of if you can steal a customer from a competitor, that's a pretty good testimonial. Oh, I used to use this brand, but then I switched to you. Oh, yeah. If you can get brand. that, always. Yeah. And that should be a question. What did you try before? What were you using before? What did you like about That's good info anyway, right? What did you like about yeah. what you were using? But what was missing? Why was it not enough? And why did you choose us? Yeah, if it's the TikTok trend of why I gave up this after five years <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I think TikTok is like the prime example of why testimonials are so powerful. Because like TikTok is just authentic, generally. Like it doesn't feel pr- highly produced, at least my own personal TikTok feed. Like it's a very feeling like people are just being honest. And if they talk about a product, I'm more likely, if I know, if I've seen them a lot of times, I'm more likely to go at least investigate that product. Maybe they're really good actors and I've been fooled or maybe they're just, hopefully they're just being open and honest. I don't know. I'm optimistic. But I think going back to the service testimonial idea, and this is, I guess, a pretty powerful overall, but with service testimonials, you're really trying to capture a feeling. You can't really demonstrate a product a service particularly well so the testimonials are the most powerful thing that you have in your toolbox of like the feelings involved whether that's i know we have a lot of personal injury lawyers that we work with where you know the testimonials for those clients are like the insurance company was screwing me around such lawyer before it i love personal injury testimonials i love pulling them out into a nice story but it's even before that like one guy it was like i was just doing, I had a side job. I was delivering pizzas on the side and I was on my bike and everything was great. It was such a nice day. 
And I looked, there was nobody. And out of nowhere, a truck hit me. So even starting the before of like their Mm. status quo, their life is completely upended, how they felt, maybe they thought they were okay. And then they discovered they weren't, uh, who the lawyers they talked to, and then why they chose the law firm they did. And then we can go a little bit into the experience, but yeah, hitting on the emotions of, or I thought that the system would help me. Like I thought I would be covered and I wasn't. And that realization, back to your point, Amy, of trusting the system, right? The realization that the system isn't designed to help you. The insurance company isn't your friend. The medical, no one's going to pick up the tab and you don't have universal health care. The medical system isn't going to pick up the tab. You're stuck. And then everything that cascades with it. Yeah. They're horrible situations, but they're from a copywriting perspective, there's a lot to work with. I don't want to say fun to write. That might be a terrible thing to say, but there's a lot to work with and to really craft an emotionally compelling story in 200, 300 words that can really help move the needle on conversions. And we're copywriters, so we always have a happy ending. So there's no tragedy exactly. <laughs> in marketing. It always ends well. Right. You got to sell the hope, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anthony agrees with Dylan about what you said about PI law firms. He says the story matters and lots of victims don't even know how the system is designed right. against them. Yeah. So the testimonial is learning. It is education too. Right. So if they, an education from the victim's perspective with their preconceptions, I love to incorporate preconceptions of, I thought it would be this way. You know, I thought I could just call my insurance company and I would get a check. Like as much as I can use their language, especially with law across all areas of law, the average legal consumer knows nothing. (laughs) And what they do know is often a misconception based on some horror story they heard from their friend or what they saw on law and order. So it's really important for our legal clients to have testimonials, which also educate as well as supporting copy. But yeah, that's a really good point. The testimonials serve to educate. Yeah. And it's really there also to smooth over objections that that potential client might have. Cause I mean, at least in our, my home bias is that there's lawyers have a certain like they're just money out there for the money. And when you can use a testimonial to really showcase how helpful a lawyer can be in the process, right. like that really helps break down that barrier. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially, yeah, law, I think is one of the, yeah, among all of the service industries, law, I think is the one that needs the most objection, preconception busting. We even have like on some of our pages, we put in FAQs that are objection busting and the myth reframing because people don't know. Yeah. And then other service stuff that we've done, I think like medical procedures. I don't know. I don't think we have a varicose vein one, but things where you could really showcase how this has changed somebody's life and how they, there's an appearance aspect in a lot of these, like whether it's plastic surgery or other stuff, but it's really the feeling. It's always trying to get down to the feelings of these things. Like, right. Like what's the feeling that you went from to where you are now? Did they get their desire? And I think that's why the questions you ask when you're trying to get a testimonial are so important too, because people aren't going to go to the feelings. They're just going to say, Oh, this was a nice product. Just kind of right describe or say nice things about the product, but that's not what sells. It is that feeling. So you really have to draw that out of people when you're trying to get good testimonials. 
Yeah, yeah. A, a simple framework that I, I used to always like to use is like, I think it's like seven layers of why, right? Where it's like, well, why did you like this product? Okay, why did you like that about that? And I was just like, can you try to ask why for each of those questions like mm-hmm. you're a four-year-old? Yes, yes. <laughs> eventually they run out of surface level things to say and get down to, well, I really want to feel a certain way again. <laughs> yep. Yep. All that vulnerable stuff that people are actually thinking. And this is true of all copy. The closer we can get to putting in our marketing what somebody is thinking but won't say, the better we'll do. Because if we can show that we know what they're thinking, then they'll trust us with other stuff. Oh, you know me well enough to know what I'm really feeling, but don't tell anybody. You must really know your stuff. You must really know what you're doing. You must have been doing this for a long time. So it's so important to get voice of the customer, deeper motivations voice of the customer in your testimonials and in your copy. The other thing with testimonials is to not make all of your testimonials these grandiose results. So there's a tendency to only include your best results, the big wins, the best before and afters. But you want to sprinkle in some that are believable because believability is an important part of of buying. Someone has to believe, again, what's possible for them. And if they really have hangups where they don't believe they can earn a lot of money or they don't believe they can lose weight or they don't believe whatever, they need to see that, hey, it'll work even for those little results that they want. So having some early stage testimonials, like they only earned a thousand as opposed to a hundred thousand in their business or something, sprinkling those in to attract those people um, can help boost conversions too. Counterintuitive, but it's psychology. Yeah. And I think using Amazon reviews is a great place to get a lot of that information. Not the five-star reviews and not the one-star reviews because five-star reviews, like those are easy. Anybody can write that and just say, oh, this is a great product. But it's really those two, three, and four-star reviews that are like, they really want to like the product and they're going to be honest and tell you exactly what they're feeling about mm-hmm. it. And that's a place to really dig in, not just for customer testimonials, but for areas of improvement of the product and better. And it's a really good place to pull copy and video mm-hmm. ideas as well. Yep. Amy, any other like interesting like uses of testimonials that you've seen over your five years here? Yeah. Is it five years yet? You're pretty or longer, right? I was trying to decide if July 1st or June 15th or whatever it was, is going to be five or six years, but it's been a while. Yeah. Any other like testimonial stuff that sticks out for you in that time frame? I guess just one strategy that I always do is I read the one-star testimonials of all the competitor products to know what people don't want or don't like. And then I read all the five-star for our clients' products. And I know that's not fair. I need to believe it myself. So that just helps me know that my offer is the best. So when I'm writing that subconscious comes through that I know that these other products have a lot of problems and we solve those. Yeah, I think a pretty great point Mm -hmm. as well. Like, I think one of the reasons you're such a great copywriter is you can be so empathetic to the people that you're writing for, like sitting in not just the voice of the customer, but like the spirit of the customer when you're writing. And that's a great way. I never, I didn't know that's how you got in that mindset. I like that tip, that trick. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Lynn? Any other interesting thoughts about testimonials? I'm going to go back to NLP because this is what I do. Make sure you're using multiple modalities, turning, don't just leverage text. Don't just leverage video use them all, turn one testimonial into multiple, multiple ways of consuming it. 
because just because you prefer video doesn't mean other people do. Just because you prefer text doesn't mean everybody else does. Then my other tip is believability. If you can get the actual customer client photo and not a stock photo, people are using the same stock photo. So I can almost tell at this point, oh, that's a stock photo because I saw it on that other thing. Name, location, age, if it's relevant, get get all of that info because it will add. If you have the legal ability to do because it will add to believability. And I'm going to steal something that I stole from you. All right, I stole some, I'm going to say something I stole from you, Lynn, of using VKA, right? VKA, yep. Visual, kinesthetic, and audio, like language in the testimonials. Yes. So try to get some testimonials where people talk about like how things made them feel. Other testimonials, because that's the kinesthetic aspect. Yep. The, then there's language around, oh, I saw these results. And then, so that'd be the, um, and then there's language around audio, which is like people were telling me that things, they saw these results in me. Yep. Yep. That's perfect. Great. <laughs> so brilliant. <laughs> I'm just repeating, repeating reframing, think, repackaging things that you've told me in the past. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. It's, it's great to work with such smart people. We all learn from each other. I just ask questions and then steal them and make them my own. Any other like final thoughts on the testimonials? I mean, I think we've gone pretty deep here and across all modalities and different ways to get it. I guess just don't think that you're bothering your customers. People want to give their opinions. So let them be a part of your community. Create that community by asking for testimonials. And Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a community, that's a really great place. See the conversations that people are having in those groups and talk to the talk within those groups. That's a great point. And this is, I think, one of the reasons UGC has also done so well is those are de facto testimonials in a lot of cases. But then there's this, I think, going to be a resistance to non-real customer content, right? So it's easier and easier to get UGC and even actor-generated content. I think it's really essential that you can stand out in the crowd by getting real customers getting you content. All right. Well, if nobody has any other questions and uh, you guys don't have any other amazing points, or you gals don't have any other amazing points. All right. Amy and Lynn, thank you so much for hopping on today. I really enjoyed going deep on this subject of leveraging customer testimonials. And anybody who's watching out there, I'd strongly suggest you figure out a way to integrate testimonials in all the things you do. And if it's not the testimonial itself, use your customer's language. That's something we're so strong on here is like taking customer's language and inculcating it into all of the marketing uh, that we put out there and the paid advertising, the creative, and then the after the click experience. Well, thank you. And thanks for joining today. If you enjoyed the show and found it useful, please can subscribe and share with your friends and coworkers. And if you're interested in learning more about how Terry Levin can help grow your brand and help you you get more voice of customer in all of your marketing, head over to tier11.com. Well, thank you very much. And until next time, I'm Tom Meredith and I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes.